is humanity's potential. And now, here is your thought provoker, Jonathan Ryder. This is Humanity's Potential, and I'm Jonathan Ryder. Over the course of this podcast, I'm going to share a little bit about who I am and where I'm coming from. But first, I'd like to start with my rationale and really my vision for this podcast, why I want to do it, and why I think it's going to be something that you're interested in and that you want to listen to. I've recently been fascinated by the enormous potential that we hold collectively as humankind. We hold in our hearts, our hands, our dreams, both the greatest potential for good and the propensity for the gravest evil. And we can put our heads and our hearts together and do some of the most amazing and incredible things as a species. We can decode the human genome. We can put man on the moon or stop a global pandemic. But humanity also has the potential to perpetrate the Holocaust, to Uh, allow the gap between the poor and the wealthy to grow continuously with no checks and to continue to hate and fear people that are different from us. You know, so as I dive deeper into this topic, I want to talk about how we can make the right choice, how we can step into our true potential, both individually and corporately as the human race. So I used to watch Arrow on Netflix. Right now I'm not watching anything on TV and maybe that's something that we can talk about in a later uh, podcast episode. But um, he says something in the opening monologue of each episode. He says, in order to save my city, in order to save those that he loves, he has to, he says, I must become someone else. I must become something else. And uh, it's really interesting to see that progression over the course of uh, several seasons because he's always becoming something different. He's always becoming something else. Um, Even going from being the arrow that, uh, you know, is a vigilante that's, you know, um, killing uh, criminals to Um, seeking revenge to finally, you know, being at a point where um, he is no longer killing criminals. You know, he's, um, I wouldn't say nonviolent, but in that way, you know, he, he's, he's a vigilante who doesn't kill. And, uh, you know, we're all in that place. We're all in that state of progression and that state of change and discovering ourselves and changing who we are from one moment to the next to become someone else, but hopefully not only someone else, hopefully also someone better. And uh, I really love how this distinction was made. Um, I listen to a podcast, I listen to a lot of podcasts, but one of them, shout out to Make Me Smart. Uh, I really love it. And uh, they do a make me smart question. 
Um, and the question is that they, uh, a caller will answer this every episode, um, a question that they uh, have the um, listeners answer is, what did you think that you knew that you later thought, found out, uh, hang on, what did you think you knew that you later found that out that you were wrong about? And uh, one of the callers says, you know, I used to think that I wanted to go and change the world. And, you know, we hear in tech and all this, people are, are having these startups and these companies, they want to be disruptive, you know, they want to change the world. And she realized changing the world isn't always a good thing. Our goal shouldn't be to change the world because oftentimes we can change it for the worse. Our goal should be to make the world a better place. And guys, my goal for this podcast is no less audacious than this. I wanna make the world better. I wanna make the world a better place. And in order for that to happen, each of us individually has to be better. We all have to be better. We have to do better. I have to do better. I have to be better. I have to become someone else. I have to become something else. And we all do. And I know that we can. I know that we have the potential to do great things. And in order to do that, we just have to start with the little things, with the small steps that change the world. Gandhi's most recognized quote is probably, be the change you wish to see in the world. And I love how the band Switchfoot rephrased or maybe condensed uh, this concept, said it in a different way. Um, I don't know if anyone listens to Switchfoot anymore, or maybe I'm just old. But anyways, they have a song that came out a few years ago called The World You Want. And there are a lot of good lyrics there, but a line that really drives home this point says, is this the world you want? You're making it. Every day you're alive. And later they sing, you change the world every day you're alive. Is this the world you want? You're making it. Every day you're alive. That's incredible. You know, it's so easy to blame the condition of our lives on the state of the world around us. But do we ever take credit for our part in making the world the way it is? Do we try to change to be different to be better? Or do we give in to that cynicism and say, you know, nothing's ever going to change. Recently, I've been fascinated by the stories that we read, the stories that we write, the stories that we create, the tales that we tell on TV, in print, media, whatever. And it's so interesting because did you ever think about how futurism, you know, these guys that went around Um, being called futurists, it used to be very positive. It used to be almost even rosy or utopian. And, you know, a futurist was someone who painted a picture of what the world could be, whether utopia or a more perfect world, a better world, a better place. And When I was in middle school, I I remember we went to Epcot Center uh, with my family. My mom only took us to Disney one day and we had to go to Epcot the other two days. So we weren't too happy about that. But um, 
it was really interesting and to to go into that Epcot Center, you go into the big globe or whatever, and there was uh, all these different scenes. There were these different scenes of what the future would look like, you know, and there were, you know, future farming, you know, it's all going to be done by electronics and, and digitally and all this stuff and um, just how technology has progressed in our lives over the years you know going from you know the 1940s and 50s or whatever to predicting what that would look like in the future you know we thought that technology you know and humanity would be able to solve you know some of our most difficult problems and ultimately these futurists pictured a better world But now it seems that all of our stories about the future are about the apocalypse or the zombie apocalypse. You know, one of any sort of apocalypse, um, nuclear holocaust or whatever. But there aren't many hopeful stories about the future. I really like how the Disney movie Tomorrowland tried to explain this kind of modern phenomenon. The movie got a lot of flack for being, you know, too idealistic, too rosy, too, you know, whatever, read hopeful, you know, but I thought it was great, especially some of the dialogue. The character Nix, he's the creator of this AI called The Monitor, and he talks about how he tried to use it to scare people into changing the world by giving them a vision of a future catastrophe. But instead of that vision, you know, helping people to try to avert, you know, what would happen, this future coming catastrophe, people bought into the inevitability of it and they just waited for it to happen. So in the movie, he says, let's imagine if you glimpsed the future, you were frightened by what you saw. What would you do with that information? You would go to the politicians, captains of industry, and how would you convince them? Data, facts, good luck. The only facts they won't challenge are the ones that keep the wheels greased and the dollars rolling in. But what if, what if there was a way of skipping the middleman and putting the critical news directly into everyone's head? The probability of widespread annihilation kept going up. The only way to stop it was to show it, to scare people straight. Because what reasonable human being wouldn't be galvanized by the potential destruction of everything they've ever known or loved? To save civilization, I would show its collapse How do you think this vision was received? How do you think people responded to the prospect of imminent doom? They gobbled it up like a chocolate eclair. They didn't fear their demise, they repackaged it. It could be enjoyed as video games, as TV shows, books, movies. The entire world wholeheartedly embraced the apocalypse and sprinting towards it with gleeful abandon. Meanwhile, your earth was crumbling all around you. You've got simultaneous epidemics of obesity and starvation. Explain that one. Bees and butterflies start to disappear. The glaciers melt. Algae blooms. 
All around you, the coal mine canaries are dropping dead and you won't take the hint. In every moment, there's the possibility of a better future, but you people won't believe it. And because you won't believe it, you won't do what is necessary to make it a reality. They dwell on this terrible future and you resign yourselves to it for one reason, because that future doesn't ask anything of you today. So yes, we saw the iceberg and warned the Titanic, but you all just steered for it anyway, full steam ahead. Why? Because you want to sink, you gave up. It's not the monitor's fault, that's yours. And another character in the movie later says, it's hard to have ideas and easy to give up. But isn't that it, isn't that the crux of it, that it's easy to believe in a future where everything is a catastrophe, where everything falls apart, where there's apocalypse, because that doesn't require anything of us today. But to make a better future for ourselves, for our families, for our children, that requires action. That requires us to hold on to hope, to take steps of faith, if you'll call it that to take steps that bring us to that world that is a better place. We have to hold on to hope and not give up, believing that the world can be a better place, but that requires a lot of us. And these are the stories that we need to rewrite, the stories that we need to change. We need stories filled with a bright future and with a hope, not stories of despair, we need to rewrite those stories in our own lives as well. And I know this really hits close to home for many of us right now. I'm locked away in my house as I have been for many days and it's hard to get out of my head, you know, just the terrifying images that my imagination is playing on my mind right now. It's hard to even think of a hopeful future because all I can think about is, is there enough food stocked up for me and my family? What happens if things get really bad? You know, what happens if I don't have enough food? What happens if we can't go out? What happens if we can't get the medical treatment that we need? And, you know, it, it, it's okay to take those precautions and to, to realize that we're in that place where we are afraid and we don't know what's going to happen, but we have to take that step today of leaning into hope and believing that we can see a better world and that we will see a better world and that in even the, the difficult um, times that we're living, we every day we have a choice. We have a choice of how to respond to the things that are happening in our lives. And as we respond to this epidemic, are we pulling in and just caring for what's ours? Or are we reaching out to other people who could be in a position of even greater need? I love what a lot of people are doing. You know, they're um, having uh, times where 
okay, in, in my hometown one day a week, you know, the different restaurants are saying, okay, help these main street, uh, restaurants, you know, get takeaway from this main street restaurant today, support local. And people are reaching out to help those that are in need. I know many companies, some that I admire are, um, saying that they're continuing to pay their frontline workers, uh, an hourly wage. Um, I think that's great. That's wonderful. And really we can only get through this together when we uh, collectively together come to face this challenge that is before us. We have the potential to um, get out of this and to, to see a better future. If we're only looking out for ourselves, we'll inevitably cut ourselves off. And in that scramble, in that mad rush, you know, we'll, we'll destroy um, who we are and even our very identity. We have a choice. We have a choice to help other people, to reach out to others who are in need and not only look out for ourselves, not only think about, you know, number one, but to come together and collectively get over this and get through this and see where we go together as humanity because we have great potential. Humanity can do so many incredible things and I am excited about what you're going to do, what I'm going to be able to do, and what we can all do together as we look to the future. So let's continue to work together to pool our collective energies and strengths and to get through this, to get out of this, and to see the potential future that lies before us, for all of us, for humanity. Thank you. This was Humanity's Potential.